We've been in a series in the Bible called Nehemiah. It's actually a book that we've been walking through just really a chunk at a time, a chapter at a time, and, and God's been speaking to us through it, ministering to us through it, and, and slowly this is becoming one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, I, I've found that there's so much leadership lessons that I can learn from this character, Nehemiah, because he has opposition, he has blessing, he has tension, he has struggle, he has victory, he has faith, and there's so much that is applicable to our everyday lives, amen? amen. And you know the word amen, that just is the, that's the churchy way to say, yeah, I agree, all right? So if you agree with something, you can always say amen. amen. If, you, if it's actually, it's, if, if you think, man, that was good, you can say, that was good. If that's like a mmm, you can say mmm, all right? I want you to just feel free to be free. Uh, preaching here at Walk Church is not necessarily a monologue, but it's a dialogue. It's between God's word among us, communicating through a person, and then we agree in that. We, we chime in in that as a family, amen? If you got it, say, I got it. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Okay, great. So we're in Nehemiah, and we have arrived at chapter Six. And what I want to do is just give you a little bit of context for where we've come from, especially if this is your first time with us, if, you're, if this is your first time joining us online. Um, we are in chapter six, and uh, God's done a lot up to this point, all right? So I want us to catch up and then jump in because I believe there's something for us to catch uh, from today. If you need one of these Bibles, uh, I want you to just go ahead and put your hand in the air like you just do care, because we'd love to bless you with a copy of God's Word. There was a young lady who came in the 9 o'clock service, needed a Bible, put her hand up, and she was smiling ear to ear afterwards. She said, I got a Bible. Yeah. And I was like, yes. We want you to have a copy of God's Word. If you um, just put your hand up, we'll walk you one down. One of our Dream Team members will give you one of those right now. Also, if you got an app or if you got a copy of God's word, we just want, we're a word-driven church. We want you to lean in. So we're in Nehemiah chapter 6. If you're there, say, I'm there. We got a hand up down here. If someone can just walk her down, a Bible would be awesome. Praise the Lord. Okay. Nehemiah chapter 6. If you're there by way of screen, say, I'm there. Okay, let's go ahead and read the first nine verses of this chapter. It says, now, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, and there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates. Samballot and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together at Hakafrim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. Verse 3 says, And I sent messengers to them, saying, I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while we leave it? And come down to you. Verse 4 says, And they, they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. Four times they tried to get Nehemiah to stop what he was doing. Nehemiah keeps giving them the same answer. Verse 5, In the same way, Sam Ballot, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. Verse 6, It was written, It is reported among the nations. And Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intended to rebel. That is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. Verse 7, you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There's a king in Judah, and now the king will hear these reports. So now, and let us take counsel together. Verse 8, then I sent him saying, no such things as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. 
For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, everybody say, but now, O oh God. Strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. Um, <clears throat> up to this point, you'll find that Nehemiah is this godly man who arrives in Nehemiah chapter 1 with a report that he hears about his friends who had been exiled out of Israel, and Nehemiah is one of them. He, he finds his way serving and working for King Artaxerxes in a pagan land, and he says, how's things back home? What's the report about how things are going on in Israel? And they tell him the report. They say the walls have been broken down. The gates have been burned up. The barriers have been taken away. People have died. People have left. It is in a bad place. Nehemiah feels a sense of brokenness, and he gets a God dream. Oftentimes, out of brokenness, God gives us a burden. God gives us a dream. God gives us a vision. God gives us a word. It's in our, it's in our brokenness that we usually draw near to him. And God says, I got a word and an assignment for you. Nehemiah gets this boldness. He goes, I'm going to go back to my hometown, and I'm going to rebuild the wall for my God and his glory. I'm going to take a step by faith, and I'm going to just go do it. And that's what we've been talking about. Just go for it. What, what God's put on your heart, come on, trust him with the result. Just, just go for it. Nehemiah does that, and he recruits a team. He goes to Israel. The king sends him with favor and papers and and resources, and now he's doing it. He's building the wall. He's recruiting the team. I preached a sermon called Be a Star in Your Role. Everybody's got a part to play, amen? Right? Some of you may be a hand. Some of you may be feet. Some of you may be eyes. Some of you may be a pinky toe. I don't know what your role is, but whatever it is, be a star in it. Come on, if you're a banker, be a star at the bank. If you're a realtor, be a star when you're showing homes. If you're an athlete, be a star in your locker room, on the court, on the field. If you serve in ministry, be a star in your ministry role. Whatever you do, do it for him. Be a star, shine bright in the darkness. But then we saw that there were some people that heard about the work. And oftentimes when you just go for it and you give God your yes, you also awaken the enemy that you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. The reality is when you trust God, you can expect God's provision. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Where God guides, God provides, right? But you can also expect the enemy in the world's persecution, right? The, we have a very real enemy, also known as the devil, Lucifer, Satan, call them all his names. He's a liar. And he already lost. But he is going to try to deceive you that he hasn't. And so you got to keep telling him every day, I'm on the winning team. I'm walking in victory. I'm not going to fall to your lies. Amen. Come on. I'm just talking to somebody here for a second. And, and sometimes haters arise. And so I preached a sermon a couple weeks ago called How to Respond to Haters. Because sometimes people will show up and they'll just start hating on you and what God's put in your heart. Today's sermon today, as I was thinking about this sermon, I was like, man, this, this is kind of similar, but it's different. So this is going to be a part two to how to respond to haters. Yeah. The title of this sermon today is how to respond to fakers. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been around some fake people. Maybe you are a fake person, and maybe this is how to respond to yourself. I'm just, I'm not, I ain't say nobody's name, but... If the letter has your name on it, read it, all right? I, I, I'm a believer that Jesus wants to purify his church, and he wants an authentic, real, revived 
Integrity, authentic church, not a, not a fake church. And praise God we can be real in this place. Amen. I want to preach about how to respond to fakers. This was the, this was the position that Nehemiah was in. He, he was in a position where he found himself around people that were acting fake. And I love the way he leads through it. Because I think this is a, a relevant message for us because I think we live in a culture that's fake. I think we live in a world that's fake. Mind you, we live in a city that's fake. I mean, we got a fake New York. We got a fake Paris. We got a fake Venice. We got a fake Caesar's Palace. And if we're not careful, we'll be a fake church. And I think that the city and the world is saying, we got enough fake. Where can I find the real thing? I'm grateful that the word of God is real. I'm thankful that King Jesus is real. I'm thankful that his blood is real. I'm thankful that the gospel is real. Good news for broken people like me and you. This is where Nehemiah finds himself in Nehemiah chapter 6. So the first point of my sermon on how to respond to fakers is this. Focus on what's real. Let me ask you today, what are you focused on? The word focus is where are you giving your attention? Where are you giving your undivided energy? Where is it going? Is it going to things that are real or things that are fake? In this case, we find some individuals approach Nehemiah and they're acting fake. For every point that I give you, I'm gonna give you a sub point to go with it. So focus on what's real and don't get distracted. Again, this is going to be a little bit of a leadership lesson through the sermon, and we're going to find Jesus in the mix. Focus on what's real, but don't get distracted. What just happened was this. Nehemiah says he just finished the wall. I mean, we've been watching him build up to this point. Verse 1 of chapter 6, let's look at it together. It says that, Now when Sambal and Tobiah and Geshem and the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, praise God. He's like, we did that. There was no breach left in it. That thing was finished. I love Nehemiah's authenticity, though. He goes, but wait, real quick. Um, we didn't set the doors and the gates up yet. Just in case you were wondering, there's still a little bit more work to do. Sam Ballin and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together at Hakrofrim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. See, Nehemiah had this discernment. He's saying, how come in chapter 3, Sam Ballin and Geshem were hating on me. Now they want to have coffee with me. Don't be fake. Nehemiah's like, I don't know when the energy shifted, but you guys were very upset with me, wanted to actually destroy me. We were on the wall. We had a hammer in one hand. We had a sword in the other hand because, Sam Ballot, you were so mad at what we were doing. And now you're like, hey, come on, let's just go ahead and hang together. Let's go get, you know, let's have some breakfast. We can go to the oh no. And Nehemiah's like, oh no. They, Nehemiah's like, mm, I think that these people are being fake. They're intending to do me harm. And so verse 3 says, I sent messengers to them. Nehemiah's like, look, I don't even got time to meet with y'all. I'm focused. So I'm going to send some messengers to you guys, and here's what I want you to say. Don't hate on them. Don't be harsh with them. Don't shade them. Just let them know I'm doing a great work. Nehemiah goes, I'm focused. I'm, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Focus on what's real. Come on, say that with me. Focus on what's real. 
It's important because Nehemiah is saying, look, I'm doing a great work. Nehemiah is saying, I'm, I'm doing the great work that God's called me to do. And I just want to say, church family, focus on what God's called you to do. Focus on the great work. Nehemiah, we can learn from him today. Like, hey, you might just have three things to do. Do those three things well. Focus on the greater work. You don't got to do everything. You got to do something. The great work. I can't come. Be, I, I don't get distracted. Y'all know me. I'm, I've never been like diagnosed with ADD, but I think I might have some of it. All right. Like I just start. I, I'll be getting those, those squirrels or like there's a tiger up there in the corner and that'd be getting me sometimes. I'm like, tiger. Now y'all distracted by it. Right? Don't get distracted. Focus on the great work. The great work of being a kingdom man, the great work of being a kingdom woman, the great work of saying, okay, God, you told me to do this. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go to the next thing. I don't want to get too far ahead. I just want to focus on the great work. Don't, don't get distracted. Ooh, I wish I could have preached this sermon to Adam and Eve. I wish I could have been like, yo, Eve, just focus on the great work, right? The, the serpent, he sneaks his way into the garden and says, oh, hey, did God really say that? I mean, if you actually eat that fruit, you're going to actually become like God, and God doesn't want you to become like him. And Adam, in his flesh, he actually listens like, hmm, that's a good point, serpent. Don't ever listen to talking snakes, all right? And don't let them talk to your girl either, okay? Or your guy, right? Just be like, yo, I'm going to rebuke you, snake. I don't got time. I'm doing a great work. I don't got time to, to, I don't got time to do the dance with fake people. Notice Nehemiah doesn't say anything disrespectful to them. He just says, I just don't have time for you. I can't give you my energy because my energy is going to a great work. A great work. I got to do the great thing that God's called me to do. And he'll, he'll take care of the rest. Don't get distracted. Come on, tell the person next to you. Say, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't do it. F focus on the great work. I sent messengers to them and said, I'm doing something. Let me give you the second point. Everybody say point two. Point two. Point two. Expose what's fake. How do you respond to fakers? One, focus on what's real. I'm not going to focus on the fake thing. I'm going to focus on the great thing. And I'm going to expose what's fake. Notice what they tried to do here. The individuals come Four different occasions, they say, Nehemiah, come down and meet with us. Nehemiah, come on, we'll buy you lunch. Nehemiah, come down, let's hang out. Nehemiah, come down, we want to bless you. Nehemiah says, no, 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 I'm doing a great work. And finally, Sanballat says, all right, I'm going to write him a letter. And he writes this letter, and we find it in the text. I mean, look at it with me. He, he writes him this letter, and he says, now, Nehemiah, we heard what you wrote. It's reported among the nations. And Geshem, which is just his best friend, also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That is why you're building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you've also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There's a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So now come and let us take counsel together. So basically they say, hey, Nehemiah, we heard what you're going to do. We heard about your plan. You're going to try to rebel. 
In fact, you're going to just prop yourself up to become the king, and you're going to try to set up prophets around the land to confirm you as king so that you can try to manipulate your plan. I love what Nehemiah's response is. Let's just look at Nehemiah's response together. Verse 8. Then I sent to him saying, no such thing as you have been done, as you say have been done. You're inventing them out of your own mind. Nehemiah is saying, don't lie about me. That's not true. Nehemiah goes, you literally just invented a whole fantasy in your head and tried to make me the bad guy, and I got to expose it. Nehemiah says, look, hey, none of these things that you have been saying about me have actually been done. You're inventing them. How do you respond to fake people? Uh, Number one, focus on the real thing. And number two, expose what's fake. Expose what's fake. Let me give you the sub point. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, especially when you have an enemy that's trying to deceive you, like Adam and Eve in the garden, trying to get you to go away from God. Come on, expose what's fake. And can I just say we have a very real enemy. Number one, the devil. Number two, his demons. Number three, our own bodies are an enemy. Come on, do you, do you ever feel like your, your flesh will deceive you? I, I felt like my flesh deceived me the other night. It was midnight, and I just felt like I needed a Reese's. Just, and, I, and I was convinced I needed it. You know, you kind of just wander around looking for that Reese's. I was in the pantry. I was climbing up. We had hid the candy from our kids. You know what I'm saying? Where's the candy at? Where did we? We got some old Halloween candy in here, right? Come on, give me. I just, my flesh is deceiving me right now. And then you end up finding something, and then you eat it, and you're like, nope, didn't need it. Didn't need it. Anybody can relate? I feel like that happens to me all the time. I'm like, nope. Actually, you know what? Now I feel, my flesh deceived me. Our flesh deceives us on all types of stuff. Expose what's fake. I'll tell you what, I hear this all the time when it comes to, say, something good like charge group. Oh, somebody's excited for charge group. I love charge group. Charge group is so good. Charge group consists of small group communities where believers come together to fellowship, eat good food, dive deeper into the word, share prayer requests, go, go deeper. Uh, we're better together. I feel like we're limited in how much we can fellowship in this cafeteria, right? But when we go into small groups, it go, we're able to unlock a new level of community. Amen? But here's what I hear sometimes. You know, you might get off work, and then the devil will be like, you, you know, you probably shouldn't go tonight. You're tired. It's been a long week. Plus, if you go now, you'll probably be late. And you didn't even bake a casserole. They're going to judge you. And if you show up late, they're already going to be midway through Bible study, and they're going to be praying, and you're just going to be that awkward person at the door. You probably shouldn't even go. In fact, you shouldn't go to a group ever again. In fact, you should just go home and cry. And people will listen to that. Expose what's fake. Be like, no, I'm still going to go. I'm going to go anyway, even without the casserole, even late. I'm I'm not going to be fake. I'm going to show up. And I'm going to trust God. Don't, don't be deceived. You might be thinking right now, I wonder if that person across the room is upset with me. I think they're upset with me because we made eye contact and they looked away. No, they looked away because it was just a little awkward. They're not upset with you. In fact, maybe they were looking past you and you've you're, you got a whole thing going on in your head now and you're distracted. 
Focus on what's real. We're, this is real. And then expose what's fake. In other words, you can go up to somebody and say, hey, are we good? And then if you're not good with somebody, don't be fake and be like, yeah, we're good. Be like, nah, I actually am struggling with something. That's real church. Amen? I, I just want <clears throat> to speak to somebody here in the room uh, again, I, I never go into Sunday thinking, ooh, I want to preach this message to somebody. Like, the reason why I'm on Nehemiah chapter 6 is because last week we were on chapter 5. I didn't even know what chapter 6 was about, all right? <laughs> Promise you, right? But God is, he's faithful and providential to give us what we need, right? But, but what I want to say to you here today is I just am not interested in playing church, where we play church. We have surfaceable relationships in church. We put on our Sunday best and we just play church and then everything outside is real life. Don't let that be the case. In fact, that's boring. No, no. In fact, that's fake. Plus, you don't play church. You are the church. We're the church. Amen. Come on. Let's, let, let's be real. Expose what's fake. I mean, I was reading the Proverbs today. Proverbs 27 talks about iron sharpens iron. Now, I'm not an engineer, but I would imagine iron sharpening iron, there'd be some sparks. There'd be a little bit of flames. And that's how we should be maneuvering through life. We should be sharpening each other even through conflict. Christian, don't be scared of conflict. I know that sometimes we like to avoid conflict because it's uncomfortable and it's just easier. It's not easier. In fact, you having a facade in your head about something will actually haunt you more than addressing it. I want to encourage you. Expose what's fake. Expose the flesh. Expose the devil. Expose demonic stuff. You might be thinking lies in your head. Pull them out. It says, take every thought captive. That's a war word. Take it captive and be like, is this thought real or fake? I don't got time for fake thoughts. I need real thoughts. It says, think about these things. Think, think about the word of God. Think about what's good. Think about what, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. If you got it, say, I got it. Got it. Right, Nehemiah, he sent a message back to these fakers. And he said, no such thing like you've said has actually been done. And it's not true. You made these things up in your own mind. Nehemiah is quick to expose that. Let me, let me give you point three. Everybody say point three. Point three. Let's go ahead and put it up here on the screen. Point number three, pray for strength. Church, I want to encourage you to pray for strength. You might get in a moment. You might get in a bind. You might be... Uh, holding on to what's real, focusing on that. You might be exposing what's fake, and you might be in a moment of tension. You might be in a moment of struggle. You might be in a moment of fear. Let me tell you something. Pray for strength. Nehemiah wasn't a perfect man. Nehemiah didn't have supernatural. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't walking around with the S on his chest. Come on. That's fake. Right? There's only one superhero. His name's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on. His name's Jesus, and he died on the cross for you. He rose from the grave for you. He shed his blood for you to rescue and ransom you, purchase you because he loves you. He wants you. He wants to adopt you into his family. Nehemiah, we find here praying for strength. Subpoint: 
Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. We talked about focus on what's real. Don't get distracted. Expose what's fake. Don't get deceived. Pray for strength. Don't get discouraged. The word courage means to have bravery and boldness in the context of fear. You're in a moment, fear sparks. You start to sense a little bit of scared emotion. Courage is when you say, I'm going to stay anyway. I'm going to lean in. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to have courage. Don't get discouraged. That's what Nehemiah does here in verse 9. Let's look at it. Nehemiah 6, 9. They all wanted to frighten us. The fakers were trying to frighten Nehemiah and his team. They wanted to frighten us thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. I love that prayer right there. I've been finding myself praying this prayer more often. Oh, now, oh God, strengthen my hands. I've found that when you're doing a great work, the enemy wants to stop it. He doesn't want you to complete it. But if I can be transparent, can I be transparent? I've, I've realized that, man, sometimes I'm a great starter. Sometimes I'm like, oh, new book? Let me start that. I get four pages in, I feel like I'm all accomplished, and I never return. But guess what? Let me start a new book, right? Nehemiah's like, hey, look, I don't want to be that guy that just started building the wall. Church, don't just be a great starter, be a great finisher. Don't just start high school, finish high school. Don't just start school. Come on, this is a word for somebody that dropped out of college too soon. You, you a couple credits away. You know what I'm, come on, go finish that thing, right? Maybe you started working on something in your house. That, that sermon I preached, repair something. You started repairing it. It got a little bit difficult. Finish the project, right? Look, there, all of a sudden, Sam Ballard are like, yo, he's really going to finish this wall. We got to turn up the persecution. We can't let it happen. Do you guys ever see this happen? And like, I'm not a political dude. Trust me. I'm not going to have that conversation with you any day of the week. I'll have a conversation about the word of God with you. I think I, I believe in the king of kings, right? Not to say that you shouldn't vote. Vote your conviction. Vote your biblically informed conviction. Do your thing, all right? But what I've realized as I've observed in the political forum, it's usually around that month of election. Everybody starts turning up the attacks. All of a sudden, everybody gets tense. Everybody starts to kind of lob grenades at the other side because they don't want them to finish. This is what's happening here. You see Samballot, and you see Tobiah, and you see Geshem. They're like, yo, he's about to finish the wall. We can't let him do it. Come on, throw all the fakery at him. Their hands will drop from the work. It won't be done. But I want to encourage you what Nehemiah does is great. He says this, Lord, now strengthen my hands. Now, Lord God, strengthen these hands up to finish strong. Don't let me get discouraged. Don't let me shrink back. Let me lean in. Lord, strengthen my hands. I think that this is a powerful prayer to pray. I mean, I wanted us to put that on this banner behind me because this is a breakthrough moment where Nehemiah can either turn back from the work or finish the work. What we see him here is he tags God in like a tag team match and says, now, oh God, now, oh God, don't let me respond in the flesh. Don't let me give up too easy. God, strengthen my hands. When you're in a situation and it requires some tension, it requires some prayer, 
It requires faith. You get out of the sidelines and you get into the game. Oh, God, strengthen my hands. I want to encourage you to pray that prayer when you're on your way to work. Oh, God, strengthen my hands today. I want, I want you to pray that prayer right when you wake up. Don't let your spouse or significant other be the first person you talk to. Let God be the first person you talk to. Oh, God, strengthen my hands. When you go, when you go to have that conversation with somebody, when you go to group, when you go to show somebody a home, right? when you go to work on somebody's house, when you go to lay out the blueprint, oh, God, strengthen my hands. Oh, God, strengthen my hand. When, when you go to play that instrument, oh, when you go to shake somebody's hand, oh, God, strengthen my hands. Come on, right? When you go to be the man and woman God's called you to be, I want you to pray this prayer with Nehemiah. Oh, God, when you're in a, when you're in a moment where someone's trying to stop you from doing what God's called you to do, God, strengthen my hands. Nehemiah is saying, my hands are not strong enough in my own self. I need God to do the strengthening. Never be too prideful that you can't tap God in. I'm glad that God has more strength than me. I'm glad that God has more strength than you. I'm glad that God has more strength in the tank. Amen? Have you ever seen the movie Fast and Furious where the, 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 the race car driver, like he's waiting for that moment and then he pushes the Nas button? It propels them. That's that prayer. This is the Nas prayer right here. This is the moment where Nehemiah goes, all right, now, God, strengthen my hands. we got to finish this wall. we got to finish the gates. we got to finish the doors. This isn't the time to retreat. This is the time to go. I want to encourage you with that prayer. You can pray this prayer with Nehemiah. Pray for strength. Don't get discouraged. Let me give you the fourth point. Everybody say fourth point. Fourth point, simply this, run into the tension. Run into the tension. I know that this point is going to feel controversial. It is, but guess what? Run into it. Even run into the fourth point right now. Don't run from it. Run into it. What I notice here about Nehemiah is that though he's confronted by these fake individuals, he has a clear response for him. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10. He says, Now, when I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Metabal, who was confined to his home. Now, this is interesting right here because we don't have a, a, a bunch of context on who these people are. <clears throat> this could have been Nehemiah looking for a safe retreat. This could have been Nehemiah like, okay, I'm going to go get some counsel this could have been Nehemiah like, all right, I'm going to go to this group, and I'm just going to just kind of decompress a little bit. This has been an intense season. He goes, he goes to the house of Shemaiah. He's confined to his home, and here's what Shemaiah says. Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you by night. And I could just picture Nehemiah saying, what? That's a random response. So we should just go to the holy temple of God because Sambal and Tobiah are coming to kill me. They're coming to kill me tonight. So here's what Nehemiah says, verse 11. Should such a man as I run away? I love Nehemiah's response right now. He goes, we've come this far. I ain't running now. Right, no. Nehemiah says, look, 
I, I had a, a pristine job working for King Artaxerxes as the cupbearer. I left that job by faith to come build this wall. I ain't scared of a sand ballot. I'm not scared of Tobiah. Should such a man as I run away? Here's the point. Don't run away from it. Run into it. Nehemiah goes, I'm not going to run from tension. I'm going to run into tension, and I'm going to ask God to strengthen me while I'm going. I'm going to ask God to be with me even in the struggle. I'm going to ask God to be with me. He says, what, what, what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. Nehemiah says, look, you know what? Going into the temple, this is a holy place. People have went into the temple and died. <laughs> People have went into the holy of holies where the presence of God is, and they've come in with not a right posture, Nehemiah goes, I'm not ready to go into the temple right now. I'm doing the work. Why are you trying to get me to go into the temple and close the door? You got a setup? Are you being fake? I understood and I saw that God had not sent him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambal had hired him. For this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin and so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. So Samballot and Tobiah are like, hey, you know what? We can't catch him. He won't meet with us because he's focused on the greater things. Let's use his God against him. Let's get him to go inside the temple, and then we'll have the paparazzi out there so we can put like a magazine that says, Nehemiah goes into the temple in an unworthy way. And Nehemiah's like, I ain't falling for that. Stop being fake. Nehemiah says, I'm not running away from the tension. I'm running into the tension and I'm not going to fall for the tricks of fakeness. He says, I'm not going in. I, I understood. I want to encourage you to be able to understand when God is doing something and when man is doing something. When God is setting something up and when man is setting something up. They had pronounced the prophecy against me, which was a fake prophecy. Tobiah and Samballot actually hired this man of God who was supposed to be a friend to turn his back on them. And Nehemiah says, I'm too keen for that. I'm not going to be taunted. God will not be mocked. So Nehemiah says, I'm not running from it. I'm running into it. And I just want to encourage you with that word one more time. It might sound repetitive, but I found that people forget most of the sermon by the time they walk out the doors anyway. But maybe you won't forget this. In, in church, in Christianity, in real Christianity... There will be tension sometimes. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Manu said it's true. It's true. Can I get an amen from somebody? There's no such thing. You, you, you are not the Messiah of this church. Jesus is. He's the only perfect one. Now, he's perfecting us along the journey. And he even perfects us through tension, through tough conversations, through times of repentance, through times of, hey, let me talk with you. Let me help you see it. Not in a harsh way, but in a helpful way. Come on, don't see correction and feedback as a burden. See it as a blessing. It says the foolish person will rage and laugh at you. A wise person will love you for helping me see. If you got some mustard on your face, hopefully somebody will tell you. Right? If I got a blind spot in my life, oh, come on, make me better. Don't let me get worse. Help me get better. I need to see my weaknesses, and so do you. But don't run away from the tension. Run into it. In fact, I'm so confident in this, this statement, I'm going to say something that's risky. Can I say it? Yeah. 
All right, you said so. If you're looking to play church and you just want to get on a cruise line church that serves you, it's all about you, you want people to come around and give you a grape right now, and you don't want no tension, you don't want no drama, you don't want no, I just want everything to just be roses. Can't we just have roses at church? Our Savior got nailed to a tree. There's, I've never found a comfortable Christianity. I found a Christianity that has grit to it, pain in it, forgiveness in it, real conversations in it, real love, not fake love, agape love. If, if you're looking to just play church and check in and check out, I don't know if this is the right church for you. I, I want it to be. I want it to be. But I, I, here's what I can, but we can't play fake church. The word church is the Greek word ekklesia. The word church is, is originally a Roman military word. Like the Bible didn't invent the word church. The word church was being used by the Romans. They're like, yo, set up your ekklesia so that the, the enemy can't get through the gates. That's why Jesus says, right, Nobody will prevail against, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's the first time the word church is used in the Bible. The first time the word church is used in the Bible is in the context of Jesus saying, look, look, I'm going to, upon this rock, Peter says, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Jesus says, upon that rock, I'm going to build my ecclesia, my army, and the gates of hell will try to invade, but they will not prevail against my church. Look, listen, this isn't a playground. This is a battleground. Right? We're on mission together. We're locked in. We're focused on the real thing. And we love each other through it. We're in the trenches together through it. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I love what A.W. Tozer, the great revivalist, says. He says, my greatest fear in life is succeeding at things that don't matter. I don't want to be great and successful at stuff that's just going to be forgotten tomorrow. But the kingdom, the kingdom moves on, right? And Jesus is the king of his kingdom. And so we don't run from it. We run into it with confidence because Jesus is leading us. Lord, strengthen my... And did anybody run into the tension more than Jesus? I mean, Jesus is in heaven being worshiped by thousands and thousands of angels. And yet, he says, you know what? I got a plan. I want to rescue my people, and here's what it's going to take. I'm going to make myself into a baby. I'm going to be born in a barn. I'm going to have two teenager parents. They're going to try to figure this thing out. There's going to be a wicked king named Herod who's going to try to kill all the babies around me. He's not going to stop me. I'm going to take a blue-collar job. I'll be a carpenter. I'm going to feed everybody, heal everybody. I'm going to walk with sick people. I'm going to walk with broken people. And then ultimately, I'm going to be nailed to a cross to pay for the sin debt of me and you before you even were alive. That is love, folks. Amen. That is big God love. But what that shows me is that Jesus was willing to run into the tension. Not run from it, but run to it. So much so he got 
placed into a grave and then rose from that grave and said, disciples, now you allow me to live through you. That th This is the church. I got to give you the last point. All right, come on. If you're ready, say ready. ready. Point number five. Point number five. Here it is. Give it to the Lord. After, in all of your response to fakers, I mean, while you're focusing on what's real, you're exposing what's fake, you're praying for strength, you're running into the tension, after you do everything you can do, can I just say this? Just give it to the Lord. You just got to give it to God. What I see what Nehemiah does at the end of this scripture is that at the end of the chapter, he just says, you know what, God, I'm just going to give it to you. Right? I love this subpoint. Don't fight in the flesh. Church, listen to me. Don't fight in the flesh. Paul says in Ephesians 6, he says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're not like the world. We don't need to have battles with flesh. In fact, our flesh will deceive us. We talked about that. We need to battle in the spirit because there's an enemy, a demonic spirit who's trying to cause division. And God hates that. I mean, hear me. Do you, do you guys realize that God hates that? I mean, I'm using that language on purpose. Proverbs chapter 6, because some of y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Let me show you Proverbs chapter 6, all right? There are six things the Lord hates. Did you catch it? Six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. We should be like, okay, tell me what those are. Number one, haughty eyes. People that have eyes that think that they're better than they're not. Walk around like, man, I got it all together. I'm better than you. God hates self-righteousness. A lying tongue. People that lie and don't stand for the truth. God says, I hate that. Be truthful. Hands that shed innocent blood. God says, I hate that. I hate that. A heart that devises wicked plans. A heart that's scheming. Ooh, how can I do something wicked? I hate that. Feet that make haste to run into evil. God says, I hate that. A false witness who breathes out lies. Somebody who says, oh yeah, this is how it went down, and they're lying. God says, I hate that. One who sows discord among brothers. God says, I hate that. God's trying to establish community, unity. But if you're sowing discord and trying to cause division, God says, I hate that. Like, let me highlight a few of these words just really quick before we close. Lying tongue, a false witness, breathes out lies, devising wicked plans in your heart. I mean, take note of these things because I'll tell you what, I don't want to do the stuff that God hates. There's six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. And they all have to do with people. And they have to do with the heart. Give it to the Lord. Don't feel like you got to lie about anything. Just give it to the Lord. One of the most beautiful things is ownership. Hear me, church. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Just be able to say, I was wrong. Praise God for grace. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to give it to the Lord. Let's look how Nehemiah does it. Final verse. Worship team, let's, let's go ahead and close out with a song of worship. Nehemiah chapter 6. He closes out here in verse 14. He says, remember Tobiah and Sambalat, oh my God. 
according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. Nehemiah says, look, God, I, I, I found this little handy-dandy notebook. Shout out to Blue's Clues. I'm the dad of a toddler. No shame. But we have these. If you want to take notes, you can grab one of these. But I would encourage you, maybe even today, grab one of these and just start writing down all the names of people that you are struggling with. Start writing down the names of people that you have a hard time with. Start writing down the names of people that you may have some, some tension with and then say, God, remember these people. I'm giving them to you. Lord, remember, remember Tobiah. Lord, remember Sam Ballot. Oh, my God. I'm not going to fight with my flesh. According to these things that they did, you can write down what they did. God, here's what they did. You take care of it. God, remember what they did. Also, the prophetess, this lady, Nodiah, I don't even know what she did, but she made Nehemiah's list. <laughs> Nehemiah's like, oh, yeah, her too. Remember her too, oh, God. And the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. I don't even know all the prophets that wanted to make Nehemiah afraid. But God, you do. You're watching everything. Lord, take care of them too. I'm not going to fight in my flesh. I'm going to focus on the real thing. I'm going to let the Lord fight the battles for me. I mean, we're talking about a God who split the Red Sea open. We're talking about a God who shut the mouths of lions. We're talking about a God who can do anything. Amen. He can fight the battle for you. God is big enough to fight your battles. Now, if you want to take them on yourself, God will let you do it. And then you'll have to go back to him and say, God, I should have tapped you in. I didn't do well. I got in my flesh. I said something I shouldn't have said, and now I got to apologize. I should have just let you do it, God. Remember, oh God, remember. God has a strong memory. Remember to buy and say, oh God, I just got to give it to you. Just got to give it. Come Church, just give it to them. And, and, and pray about it. While you pray about it, while you give it to the Lord, ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me not to be fake. I love what Solomon prays in Proverbs 30. Listen to this prayer. He says, remove far from me falsehood and lying. Because what's lying? Lying's just being fake. False, what's falsehood? Being fake. God, Solomon says, remove that far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches because I don't want to be fake on either side. Feed me with the food that's needful for me. I don't want to be fake. Give it to the Lord, amen. I don't know what you need to give to him, but just give it, give, give the it to him. Give it to him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together in your word I know you are speaking to me there's stuff I need to release to you God you have not given us a spirit of fear you've not given us a spirit of timidity come on you've given us a spirit of power come on open your hands right now everybody just open your hands just pray this prayer with me just say oh God strengthen my hands Help me to release it to you. With my hands open, I release whatever I need to release to you. I release names. I release fear. I release burden. I release drama. I don't run from it. I run to you, God. And I trust you today. Even those who are fake around me, God, remember them. 
fight my battles for me. And Jesus, Jesus, you know this better than anybody. Jesus, your best friend Peter denied you on the night that you would go to the cross. Fake. Your disciple Judas betrayed you in the garden. Fake. In fact, majority of your disciples didn't show up for you. Oh God, help us to be a real church with real people, with real sin, but real forgiveness, real grace, real love, real truth, the true truth. God, if there's anybody here today that needs to repent of sin, repent of lying, repent of lust, repent of anything, repent of being fake, I pray that today they would just say, God, I'm giving it to you. Take it all. Take it all off my back. Take this backpack of fake off of me and replace it with grace. Jesus, I believe you're working in the life of our church. Continue what you started within us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God.